When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, college basketball tonight, ESPN in the app. You got number six, Kentucky against Missouri. You got 11th ranked Duke taking Ooh. on Pittsburgh. And Jeff Saturday will be rooting against Pittsburgh. Let's go. Let's go, Pitt. The Dukies as a North Carolina guy. All right, we're back here. We are above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Spirited morning. Jeff's all hopped up on the oatmeal latte. The crew Get is it. ready. Joey Galloway is up with us early. Hail to the victors. Let's take it to Houston last night. National championship. It's Washington. It's Michigan. Both undefeated. The title on the line. The coaches were ready to go. The scene was set. J.J. McCarthy fired up and ready to go. There's Hubbard getting him going. But then Jeff immediately... This turned into exactly the game you love. Greatest national championship game ever. Why? <laughs> Run that rock, baby. Untouched. 40 yards. Cruise it on it. Hey, were they stuck in sand in the backfield? Because they look awfully slow. Donovan, Donovan Edwards, 41 yards to the house. And then this isn't the same play. It's just the same play. Same thing to the other side. Streaking down the sideline. Not going to get them. 14-3 Michigan. They had over 200 rushing yards in the first quarter. They dominated the first half, but Washington kind of hung in there, and on this laser, they made it a game. Yeah, this is an example of why Michael Penix was running up for, for the Heisman Trophy. This is a smart play and accurate pass. 17-10 at the half, so it's every bit of game. Now, this is the first play of the second half. Yeah, he's doing a lot. The pocket's collapsing on him. He throws it over there to a DB in Michigan with number two on. That looks familiar. That's Woodson-esque interception right there Ooh, on the sideline. Will Johnson with the pick, but injury added to insult. You see Penix hobbling off each day in the game. It's still a seven-point game midway through the fourth quarter, even though Michigan felt in complete control. They didn't do much in the passing game, but, Jeff, there's the one big play. Play action. Linebackers get sucked up, jump into the tight end. This is big man making exactly, plays. Exactly. Pull that thing down. That's, that's an offensive lineman in a little man's jersey. Colston Loveland with the play, and then Blake Corum. Breaking the tackle, taking it in. Michigan, yeah. the two-score lead. Washington now desperation. Oh, that was fun time. Fourth and long. When the quarterback is trying to come back, DB's back there ready to eat. Interception. You got to finish this, though. This broke my heart. I wanted him to get all the way to the crib. Big Don't man. slow down. Big Don't man. Don't slow down. Sane Rizal yeah. takes it back to the eight. Corum would eventually take it in. Michigan wins the national championship 34-13. There's the Gatorade. Here comes Brother John. How about Papa Jack? We know what the Harbaugh say. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Absolutely. And then after it was over, here was the coach talking about the championship season. It couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go uh, to win every game. Uh, the off, off the field issues were innocent. And, and we, stood, we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. To have completed them all, win the big games, win the Big Ten Championship, win the Rose Bowl, win the National Championship, it just, it just feels good. You just. Uh, just want to pull it down, you know. Um, it's glorious. It's a glorious feeling. 
That's a great moment. And here's Joey Galloway is up with us early this morning. And, and Joey, there are so many storylines that come out of this. And you've, of course, been there first in, in, in Pasadena, now in Houston to see all of this. And Michigan's run has been extraordinary. Let's start little picture. Let's start with the game. Why did Michigan win the national championship last night? What's the biggest reason? Well, we knew coming in, if, if they could run the football and if they could limit the big plays by Washington, they would win the football game. And they did both terrifically. Uh, the first quarter just set the tone for the game uh, with their ability to hit the big play, not just uh, beat them down, play, you know, a couple yards at a time, which is what Michigan has done all season long. We hadn't seen uh, Donovan Edwards look like this since last season. And so now we see Donovan Edwards rip off these huge plays early on and they get out to a 17-3 lead. And now that plays right into the game plan of we got to affect Penix. we got to limit the big plays and them going downfield. I think Penix was 2 of 11 and throws over 15 yards. And then by the end, they had hit Penix so much. They only sacked him once, but they hit him so much, uh, he was barely standing. He was just hanging in there, just trying to finish the game. But Michigan and their game plan, it worked out perfectly. Absolutely. And Jeff, you could speak to this better than, or certainly of anyone at this table. When, when, when you're an offensive lineman and you're an offense and you are getting, you run 200 yards plus in the first quarter, what does that do to the game? Oh, listen, it, 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 it deflates the energy on their sideline. That's offense and defense. And then it puts the pressure on their offense to go have to make big plays because they're seeing the bludgeoning that you're putting on that defensive front. Listen, they had 230 plus yards before contact mm, yeah. last night. That just shows you they are they are pushing dudes around. The defensive linemen got Velcro on their chest. Linebackers can't get off. It was a complete dominant performance by the Michigan's well, offense. We just saw that second long touchdown run by Donovan Edwards. Literally not touched. Not only not touched, no one got near enough no. to even try and get a touch on him. So the offensive, uh, the, the, the running attack was probably what set everything else up. But I, it, it kills me to do it, but I got to give credit to Rex Ryan, Dominique. Yeah. You and I were with him yesterday, uh -huh. and he picked Michigan because he said NFL-caliber coaching, and particularly on the defensive side, the name Jesse Minter, I, I don't know if they carried him off the field last night. I didn't see that, but if they didn't, they should have. Yeah, he definitely deserved it. The NFL-caliber coaching is not just like a, a buzzword. When you watch the game, you could see them rolling into 30 cloud. You could see the safeties switching off slot receivers in man coverage, which is really hard to do. These are complex communications. And there were times where there were blown coverages because they are college kids. But not only does Jesse Mitchell deserve credit, these players deserve credit. There's limited practice time in college, and to be able to be as prepared for the concept that they were anticipating, I think it made things a lot easier. And as much as Jeff loves running the ball, and we all appreciate that you have to do that in the postseason, you're allowed to continue to run the ball because you're not getting pressured by the other side's offense. Yeah. Like, they weren't putting up a bunch of points. If they were scoring, they would have had to convert a third down or two every now and then. They would have had to force McCarthy to throw the ball, and they didn't. And I think as a result of running those NFL concepts, you, you also confuse the other team, right? I mean, that's part of it, too. And I think that's what we saw with Michael Penix this week versus last week. Last week, much more comfortable. Last week, hitting every throw. He's missing open guys, and yeah. that tells me he's either worried about the pressure or confused by what they're showing him. All these guys that Jim Harbaugh brought in from his brother's staff and Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Minter being one of them, yeah. has made a huge difference and, in that and, program. And let me say this. From the defensive side, when you do those things, it's, it's that the receivers have to see it the same yeah. way as the quarterback. The back has to see it. It's not just one guy. It's yeah. everybody 
everybody has to see it the same way. That's much more, and what happens in the process is it speeds up your clock. So wide open receivers, you, you, you're like, well, how could he miss that? Because his mind's going 100 miles an hour as opposed to it going 30 miles an hour last week when he's playing Texas. Because it's not different. stuff he's used to. Again, That's I give right. Rex all the credit in the world. He said exactly that yesterday on the show, and it did seem to come to fruition. Joey, let me come back to you on that defense. We had a statistic earlier on this show. Michigan is the fourth team in the last 25 years to go undefeated and not allow 25 points in any game all year long. The, the running game was extraordinary yesterday, but that defense, what did we say about it this morning? It was very impressive that they limited the big play. Now, all that stuff you guys are talking about, Jeff Saturday with the, with the you know, quarterback's mind sped up in these things, as a receiver, I don't want to hear that. There were some open throws <laughs> For sure. that Penix missed. Uh, and, and, and missed throws that we haven't seen him miss all season long. This isn't the first time that he's been in a tough situation. And I think that's why a lot of people thought Washington could win this game because they've been in close games the entire season. The back half of that season, every game came down to seem like the last possession. I would imagine that he was banged up a little bit more than, than maybe we knew about. I mean, because some of those guys were wide open. I mean, he missed a doomsday down the field one time uh, yeah. when, when he was out there by himself. He overthrew guys. I mean, sometimes guys that were by themselves, he completely just airmailed the ball. We haven't seen him do that. So I'm yeah. assuming that uh, he was banged up. You can see at the end, every single play, he's wincing, he's holding his side. Uh, and I get yeah. uh, how good the defense of Michigan really was, and I get that – you know, at times you, you have trouble seeing these coverages and things are moving and then, you know, the rush is coming. But at the same time, you got to hit those. You got to hit X's and O's. Joey, I want to ask you one, another question. There were probably a lot of people who watched that game last night who are only casual college football fans, maybe waking up with us this morning and don't follow it week in, week out the way we do, and certainly, Joey, the way you do. And they have just heard and read peripherally about sign-stealing scandal, cheating scandal, is the title tainted, all that sort of thing. What is the right way for those fans to put into perspective what Michigan accomplished last night? Um, I, I look at that as in, and you, and you guys were talking about mentoring the defensive side, or defensive side. Sharon Moore and what he did uh, with that offense uh, yes. and taking over that team. Uh, it, for those first three games where Harbaugh was suspended, Greeny, you could have coached and won those games. Mm -hmm. But that back half, uh, where they beat Penn State, and they beat Ohio State, uh, with Sharon Moore as their head coach. Um, I, what I walk away with that is in, man, they really have built something at Michigan uh, that, is, that is built to last. And if you can you lose your head coach and win some of your biggest games of the year, it speaks to your staff. It speaks to the leadership of your team and your players. Everyone understood the mission this season. It was get back to this position and, and win it all. And they didn't, it's like nothing was going to stop them no matter what happened. Nothing was going to stop this process for Michigan. And, and I think, you know, not just Jim Harbaugh and what he's built there, but the guys underneath uh, to be able to take over a team and win those games. I've just been so impressed. I don't know what happens next. I know there's more investigations. I know he might leave. Right. Uh, but I'm just looking back at what they accomplished and pretty amazing. So, so after all of it came out, after the whole scandal, whatever exactly it was, blew up, from that point forward to Joey's point, then they beat Penn State. 
Then they yeah. beat Ohio State. Then they beat Iowa. Then they beat Alabama. And then they beat Washington. So does that, in your mind, put to rest any question about whether or not there was something else going on? It absolutely does. Like, I would say <clears throat> that you would assume once they're under investigation, they stop cheating. And they still went on to win these games at a disadvantage without their coach. If they continue to cheat, they deserve a title for doing it while they're being investigated. So we need to find a trophy for them for out-cheating the cheaters. So, yeah, I think it's hard to argue that what they've accomplished over this time is not worth celebrating and being impressed by. What do you think, Jeffrey? I agree 100%. Listen, we, we talked about the sign ceiling. Fox and I got crushed for what we said. At the end of the day, they played, they beat the best teams in college football one after another with no break. I don't care what anybody says. Not all they the best, best teams. Well, does, not all the best. And then it does, of course, of bring them. up, as Joey pointed out, the question, Dan, about what comes next. Right. Jim Harbaugh is, I guess, the hottest you know, name in football right sure. this minute in time. And the National Football League unquestionably is going to be interested. Absolutely. And, and we think back to his time with the 49ers. Four years there, he made three conference championship games and one Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, an incredible record as a head coach in the NFL. Has talked about having unfinished business there. I think, you know, mission accomplished at Michigan. Uh, the potential for other, you know, NCAA, whatever that, that's looming. And also the, the, a couple of very intriguing openings in the Raiders and the Chargers for various reasons. He has connections both of those places. A lot of people uh, around the NFL are of the impression that this is the year that he jumps back in. Finally, quickly, Joe, do you expect that last night was Jim Harbaugh's last game in college? Um, with him, I don't know what to expect. Right. I just hope that he comes <laughs> back to Michigan because I think he's great for college football. Yeah. All right, well done. Joey, awesome. Thank you very much. We'll have he's more from here. that as we go. Jeff yeah. couldn't take it anymore. He left. He could have waited a second there. Yeah, Jeff, mean, he's going over to preview the pancakes. Hardy's the ball. Out loud. All right, roll the break, Cindy. Jeff obviously has seen enough. As we continue, <laughs> we'll get to the NFL. The Josh Allen roller coaster rolls into the postseason. Do the Bills actually need their quarterback to do less to make a Super Bowl run? And then, oh, yeah, Jeff is still on the show. He didn't just walk out in <laughs> anger or anything. He just was a little premature on the pancakes. Jeff, give us a crepe. Hey, listen, we're going to call this a crepe. This is really a pancake. Watch uh, my man Kelvin Banks. Give him the business, baby. Give him the business. UT horns, all that. That, action, that, is, that is rattling brains right there. Rattling brains, nasty, <laughs> little counter tray. And guess what? That's just the first one. We got a lot more coming back. Brandon's head's exploded because Artie sent me over here early. All things are breaking loose. Come back. Let's go. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Back on Get Up, wake up call, hail to the victors. You trust your receiver against one of the best DBs in the country. Penix looks the other direction down the seam. It's intercepted by Sandra still. Mikey Sandra still has a couple of blockers. A convoy. Michigan set up inside the 10. Mikey We'll have much more on Michigan's national championship as we continue. But to the NFL playoffs this weekend, AFC wildcard burning questions. Graziano, will Patrick Mahomes get some help from his receivers against the Dolphins, yes or no? Why, no, why would, this, why would this happen for the first time all year? I mean, they've been dropping passes at a ridiculous rate. I think it's going to have to be the Mahomes show. I think it's going to have to be, <laughs> cover your ears, Jeff, the Isaiah Pacheco and the yeah. game. So, I think he's got to have to rely on what he can rely on. Travis Kelsey's going to have to step up big. Look, the Chiefs are still dangerous because of Mahomes, but those receivers are not doing him any favors, and I don't know why we would believe it's about to start now. By the way, it's going to be minus nine in Kansas City. There's that. Nick, can C.J. Stroud stay hot versus a daunting Cleveland defense? Mm. I mean, anything's possible, but I think it's probably unlikely. C.J. Stroud's had a great season, but I was watching a bunch of his plays uh, yesterday, and I noticed that it seems that he struggles against tight man coverage. You know what the Browns do a lot of? Yep. Tight man coverage, and they got a player over there that can't be blocked with one, two, or three players in, uh, in Miles Garrett. So I think it might be uh, kind of a welcome to the NFL, welcome to the playoffs weekend for C.J. Stroud. And then, Jeffrey, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Are they on upside alert against Pittsburgh? No, sir. They are not on upside <laughs> alert. Listen, I, this is one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They have a big, big game last week, showed up, played well. I think when you're thinking about Josh Allen, for all the negatives that everybody brings up except for Green and all the positives he brings up, <laughs> he does do more to help his football team. I think with T.J. Watt being injured, that defense is completely different. You can slide to high Smith, so your protection is going to be solid, and then they're going to make it, make it happen down the field. Here, here's the question. So the Bills, since they made the offensive coordinator change, have been an entirely different offense. They yes. have focused heavily yeah. on the running game, et cetera. So for them to make a deep playoff run, I think, with no disrespect, most of us think they should beat Pittsburgh somewhat easily. But for them to make a deep playoff run, will it be because Josh Allen is Superman? 
or will it be because he doesn't have to be? Which will it be? It's going to be because he doesn't have to be because the defense, as much as we've been celebrating this offense up until this point, and I'm guilty. I feel like we all owe Sean McDermott an apology because it seemed like he made you the do. right decision in changing the offensive coordinator, and the defense has had a ton of injuries. But the last five weeks, they've been among the best in football, and it's not because they're getting a great pass rush. Like, that injured secondary is being well coached by Sean McDermott and his staff, and they're playing above their heads. Uh, Christian Benford is awesome. I didn't expect that from him. And, like, this team is great. I think uh, Johnson, Taron Johnson, is one of the most versatile. He's a, a cornerback who, like, credibly plays linebackers against 12 personnel. This defense is impressive. Here you go, Graziano. Here's, here's my read. You ready for this? The Bills are going to keep going the way they've been going. They will take care of business in two home games behind this running game and everything else. Then they'll go to Baltimore where everyone says no one can possibly beat them. And that is when Superman puts on the cape. The only way anyone beats Baltimore is because one, a guy on the other team plays a game that no one would ever beat him. And Josh Allen is capable of that. So I believe they ride everybody else, and then he puts the Superman cape on, and the Bills go to the Super Bowl this year. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to get to the Super Bowl without your star quarterback doing something to elevate in a key moment, right? Like, but fortunately for the Bills, they have a guy that can do that, and we've seen him do that in the postseason. His postseason performance has been consistently excellent. I, I go back to last week. I would not recommend throwing two end zone interceptions in the first half in all of your playoff games, right? Like, like there are still things to worry about, but they do seem to have found a formula there that has worked. I think at some point they'll need him to make a play. He's, I would bet on him making it. Yeah, Those I, were bad turnovers. Yeah. He did have 412 yards of total yeah. offense. And both pers- things can most, be true. Most, yeah, most teams not allowed in the say. playoffs are going to make you pay for those four turnovers. Josh Just Allen to the Super Bowl. Just remember where you heard that, like, ninth. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeff, are you ready for the pancakes now? You're oh, leaving yeah. prematurely. Oh, yeah. we leave? Let's, we go. Oh, okay, let's go. Yeah. Here we go. Pancakes is one of our favorite things. <laughs> so let me show you how we're going to get this thing going. That's how we start this off. Let's go. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. Can we do one more thing? <laughs> oh, baby. Here we go. So the college football season came to an end last night. These are the best pancakes of the college football season. Let's get this thing. Spank him. Bam! Oh. That's what happened last night with Michigan's offensive line. This is the oh. – look at this. Oh, my goodness. Guess where he lined up in the slot where most athletes line up. He <laughs> runs all that way. Oh. What is 11 going to do? Hey, man, just avoid – he, he should just jump, swim, do something. This is not how you take on a 330-pound oh. man running down the tracks on you, my man. Pick yourself up. One pancake. That is a thing of beauty. And the athleticism, they could have thrown him a pass. But we decided to use him as a blocker. That's what I'm talking about. One pancake there. Number two, we're getting two. Listen, Oregon was all over it this year. I just want to show you Herbert and Johnson. Watch these two. You're going to get one. Bam. Get another one. Bam. Send two of them down. That is what I'm talking about. When you get two on the same play, oh, my word. And both of them are wondering who hit me and why. No no regrets. No ass. Look at this right here. That is fetal position, right? That's Peyton Manning with his pass rush. And then Lock is going down. Love the blocks right there. Powered, I mean, Johnson Powers and Herbert making it happen. Oh, listen, y'all. We're about to finish this up. Oh, no. No. This is a true. Let me tell you what happened here. 
He knew his parents were up here, and he was trying to tell you, you don't need to play football. I'm going to take you back to your parents up in the stands as we are driving him no. over to the signage. It's like Greeny playing football right there. No, there why? is nothing better than this. My man Tyler Smith puts him over there by his family and just says, hey, smile, you are on the field. How is that not a penalty? You're not allowed to block a person so 20 yards out of bounds. Field. You tried to call Breeze for a penalty last week. Yes. This is what it's supposed to look like. No, you it's fit, not. You finish. <laughs> Did you hear a whistle? Nobody heard a whistle. The field ends. Oh, the no. field ends. No. no, we don't see the line. We can't see that. We're buried in too much. Am I wrong? No, I'm you're not wrong. wrong. He's wrong. He's insane. It's a family <laughs> affair. He's trying to show his family he's playing. He's got a jersey and everything. What is he, ah. what is he saying to him? <laughs> Receive it <laughs> all the way through the side. Receive it, Mr. Simon. The pancakes of oh, offensive that is not football so season. Oh, Coming up, so good. the Bears have a big decision. What do they do? Trade the first pick? Or should they trade Justin Fields? Mel Kuyper will join us. He says he's torn. Where do you hear from Mel coming up on that? Plus, we'll talk about Michael Penix. What does his stock do last night? Mel is here to break down everything as we roll on. Oh, syrup ready to go. See whose hands are who. I like it, Gros. Make it happen. I don't think that was oh. very good. You see that? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And tonight in Houston, the mission for both Washington and Michigan is simple. Finish. Bumps into traffic and escapes. Racing to the end zone. Michigan. I was so excited for Donovan. He needed that. Back in the game. And he's loose again. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. Coaches always say playmakers have to make plays. And when we need the play, someone made it. Savage is handed this time to Cora. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown, Michigan. I mean, when a play needs to be made, Mike Sanderson has made it. Penix down the seam. It's intercepted by Sanderson. Biggest play tonight. It just comes down to staying in the present moment and just trying to, you know, attack one play at a time. He's got it. Michigan barrels in. They are the champions of college football. So I'll leave y'all with this. Business is finished. So many angles we've been on this morning coming out of last night's game, including whether or not Jim Harbaugh will move to the NFL. 
The one thing we know for certain is that the two quarterbacks in last night's game look to have futures in the NFL, and Mel Kuyper has the two of them in his top five draft available quarterbacks this year. You see the big two up at the top with Caleb Williams and Drake May. Jaden Daniels, then Michael Penix. He's got him in the top ten. And J.J. McCarthy later in the first round. Let's bring Mel Kuyper into the conversation for the first time this year. It is good to see Mel and Joey Galloway with us as well. Mel, Mel, let's go through it because a lot of us are watching these games and we're thinking about these Saturday players on Sundays. Take me through Penix, who had a very tough night last night, and McCarthy, who didn't have to do a lot last night. Take me through their transition to the NFL. It's been a case with J.J. McCarthy, really, the last couple of years, not having to carry that football team on his shoulders. That's a run-oriented team. Obviously, the O-line outstanding, even without Zach Zinter, their best offensive lineman, out since the Ohio State game with the injury. Think about J.J. McCarthy. 25 or fewer pass attempts in 10 games this year. Last 12 games, though, only one interception. So he stays away from that. We remember the TCU game last year with the two pick sixes. But overall, his game management has been excellent. He just has not had that wow game, that wow performance. It says, I'm defined as a first-round pick. He hasn't had that yet. Michael Penix Jr. has had those games. The Texas game, semifinal, looked like a top-five pick in the first round. Last night, he looked like a fifth-round pick. So you can't worry about one game. It's the body of work. At Indiana, he was 12-5 and five as a starter. Certainly, what he did at Washington the last two years was extraordinary. He showed the last two years he could stay healthy. He needed to go back for this season. Two years, two full years healthy after all those injuries over that four-year career at Indiana. Michael Penix Jr., I still think, will be in the middle of the first round. J.J. McCarthy, borderline first-round pick. Yeah, for those who don't know, Michael Penix had two knee surgeries, two ACLs uh, at one point in his career, but as Mel said, has been healthy since. Joey, what do you think? I think when you go on with Mel, you, you feel like you want to talk really fast. I got to, like, <laughs> remember, I got to speak at my own pace here. Right. <laughs> my, mind, my mind was racing. Uh, so I, I think when you look at, when you look at McCarthy, uh, I think Mel's right. We just haven't seen him have to be that quarterback that carries a football team. And when you draft these quarterbacks this high, you're drafting them, think they're going to come in and carry your football team, not just hand it off, not just lean on the run game as much as McCarthy did. Very talented, a great athlete, and he has the arm. Now, the other part, I don't know if he knows how to run an offense that might be pass heavy. Penix, as you watch him through the season, I agree with Mel, you just can't take last night's game. Uh, you banged up. I think the arm strength is there. Uh, he's been great going down the field all season long, uh, but he was banged up in the second half of the season, and that's sort of the concern with a quarterback that is, that is slim, that is skinny, is can they last an entire NFL season, an, an entire NFL career? Yeah, uh, Jim Harbaugh has been raving about J.J. McCarthy. For those who didn't see his quotes last week, he said McCarthy is the best quarterback in Michigan history, and that, of course, includes a guy by the name of Tom Brady, who was not a superstar in college, to which he was a sixth-round pick. Now, there's another thing, Mel, in particular, I wanted to get you on, and, Joey, you'll be fascinating on this as well as an Ohio State guy. The New England Patriots are going to be picking third in this year's NFL draft, which is the highest they've selected since they took Drew Bledsoe in 1993. The Commanders are picking second. But courtesy of a trade with Carolina, the Chicago Bears are picking first. And that presents a fascinating question in Chicago. They have Justin Fields there. He has shown signs, but certainly only signs. He has certainly not demonstrated with certainty he is a franchise NFL quarterback. 
There's always question marks, no matter how highly touted a prospect is. So, Mel, I'll start with you, because I always say you invented the NFL draft. If you're sitting in Chicago's seat right now, are you trading away that first pick and keeping Justin Fields, or are you taking Caleb Williams? Grady, I've gone back and forth with this on almost a daily basis, and I thought about it last night and this morning. I'm back to Caleb. I'm back to Caleb Williams today, real time, because of this. People say, well, you stay with the known over the unknown, the known being Justin Fields. But they're all unknown. Justin Fields is an unknown whether he can be a franchise quarterback. Caleb Williams, this year, if you say, well, he struggled, well, yeah, from the Arizona game on, he wasn't phenomenal. But, hey, this kid doesn't throw interceptions. He had a higher completion percentage this year than he did last year when he was off the charts great. 93 touchdowns he was responsible for the last two years. Includes 21 rushing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. To me, that's a chance for a grand slam, home run at the worst, maybe triple as opposed to maybe a double for Justin Fields, who I had as the second highest rated quarterback when he came out behind Trevor. So I like mm-hmm. Justin Fields, but if you can get the eighth pick from Atlanta in a trade and, and draft Caleb Williams, uh, then I think you're setting yourself up very well for the future. So as we speak right now, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one overall and trading Justin Fields. Quickly, Malin, you and I will be together a lot between now and Detroit at the end of April. But I, I, I hear the name Drake May a lot, and I think for the fans who are asking, by the time this process is through, do you believe there will be teams in the NFL that have Drake May actually QB1 in this class ahead of Caleb Williams? No, I do not. I think the battle is going to be that second spot between Jaden Daniels, LSU, and Drake May. Drake May did not have a great year. Now, he had a new coordinator. He had new receivers. And Tez Walker was, because of the NCAA, wasn't able to play right away. And you think about those the Virginia game, the NC State game for Drake May. There were some throws he needed to make. He did not complete those passes and did not look great in those games. So, Jaden Daniels had that spectacular year. He's the ultimate dual-threat quarterback. I think the battle is for the QB2 between May and Daniels, not QB1, which I think is locked in to Caleb Williams, despite people saying, well, that Notre Dame game. Notre Dame game is one game. He threw three picks. He didn't look good at night at South Bend. It's one game. That's it. The rest of his career, for the most part, he was phenomenal. And like I said, that could be a home run grand slam as opposed to a double. And in the NFL, if you can hit that home run and get that grand slam, uh, you're set up for a long time. So I would roll the dice on that potential that Caleb Williams has displayed. They say 93 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last two years, includes those rushing touchdowns. Boy, has he been outstanding when he's on his game. Joey, let me come to you again. As an Ohio State guy, so you know, you've known Justin Fields an awful long time and, and seen his game as it has developed. What, what do you think of this huge question in Chicago? Um, I, would, I think we move on from quarterbacks too soon. I think we expect them to come in and, and be really successful early on, and I think that has sort of changed over the years. Uh, guys used to get a little bit more time to learn the game. And I also think that we're taking quarterbacks and asking them to do things that they didn't do in college. So to, you know, as Mel saying, go with Caleb Williams, uh, Caleb Williams is a playmaker, and he's a really good quarterback, but he's not an on-time quarterback. He is not a guy that stands in the pocket and makes plays. And so I'm not saying he won't be successful. What I'm saying is if you're taking Caleb Williams, you have to have a system or be ready for a system where he's going to run around and make plays. He's a terrific quarterback. If it's me, I'm giving Justin Fields more times. I think they're similar, actually. I think both of them are very athletic. Uh, both of them uh, came from systems where they weren't always on time getting the ball out, more of a playmaking situation. So you have to have a coordinator, uh, offensive system, playmakers around them that are used to that kind of quarterback for these guys to be s- successful. 
So, so Graziano, when, I, when I've had Kimberly Martin here last week, I, I asked her about this, and she said that any time we talk about this, she is besieged with texts from people inside the league, personnel people saying, you guys are crazy. They have to start the clock again. Well, this isn't even a conversation. Now, I can tell you from the media side, this is the most divisive issue they've had in Chicago in years. People are, are, are staunch on both sides yeah. of this. But she tells me... People inside the league think it is a no-brainer you start over with the quarterback. They do, and then there's a critical reason, and it's, it's money, right? So uh, they may be similar players, Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, but they are not similar in what you have to pay them over the next five years, right? right? So it's not a question of do you keep Justin Fields or do you move on from him. It's do you pay Justin Fields or do you move on from him? He'll be eligible for an extension for the first time this offseason, and now you're thinking about, you know, are we committing to him long-term at a level of, like, I mean, look at what the, the Giants did with Daniel Jones last year, right? The $40 million. Whereas with Caleb Williams, you know exactly what you're going to have to pay him for the next five years. It's not negotiable. The first pick in the draft has a, a number assigned to him. You don't even have to address it. You're not even allowed to address it for three years. Uh, so I, I do think it is a no-brainer. because if you, if you identify Caleb Williams as a potentially transformational franchise quarterback prospect, then it is absolutely a no-brainer. Qu quickly, it's worth pointing out that on one side, you've got the financial security. On the other side, you have probably three number ones yeah. that you would get in a trade for that first yeah. pick if you wanted to. Quick takes, guys. Yeah, and in those three number ones, you would love to get a quarterback that has as much potential and promise as Caleb Williams. You've had three years with Justin Fields, and I think it's important to be clear that I don't think Justin Fields is a bust or a no. failure. He no. will seem like a bust if they move on from him, but I think it's important to be clear that I think his success or lack of success is more a product of what's happened around him than him. But we're at this point now, and it doesn't matter. You right. get the younger guy, the cheaper guy, the guy with the higher ceiling, which I think we all agree that right now, given what we've seen, Quick take. I'm, I'm keeping Fields. I, 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 you know, Joey and I think the same way. Listen, Fields' number, 67 touchdowns, nine interceptions when he was in college. Everybody's got great college numbers. When you get to the league, you got to have something different. Listen, get the guys around him, Marvin Harrison Jr., those type of players with DJ Moore. All of a sudden, you got a lot of really good team. You're just not asking one guy to change your team. Listen, we are approaching Christmas, and he is Santa Claus. Mel, I am looking forward to this as we get started on the road to Detroit. Joey, outstanding this morning. Guys, thank you both. We'll have much more on this as we continue. By the way, we've got college hoops tonight. ESPN in the app. First number six, Kentucky hosts Missouri. The number 11, Duke taking on Pittsburgh. Great basketball action tonight on ESPN. Coming up, no one's playing better than Jordan Love is. Should Dak and the Cowboys be on upset alert? We're talking about that next. And here we go, Graziano. One-on-one -on -one with Hembo. Here's today's question. Who is the only quarterback with multiple road playoff wins against the Cowboys? I like this mm. question. The answer is next. Mm. All right, I think the general consensus of the room is that this is a fair question, albeit a hard one. Uh, the Cowboys have been in the playoffs a trillion times. Who was the only quarterback to beat them on the road in the playoffs twice? Yeah, I, I don't know. I remember Aaron Rodgers did it uh, Dak's rookie year, but I don't think he did it otherwise. I, I, I'm going back, and I, I, mean, I have to take a guess. I'm just thinking about teams that they used to match up with uh, regularly in the playoffs. 
I'm thinking about the 49ers, so I'm going to guess Steve Young. It's not a bad guess. It's not a bad place to have gone. It's a little more obscure than that. It's Vince Ferragamo oh, of the Rams. Boo! Ferragamo! Boo! Wait a minute. There's a booing. Are we, are we of the opinion this is not a fair question, guys? Are we, are we, are we going thumbs down on the question? Is that too obscure? Vince Ferragamo? Are we talking greeny shoes? We're not talking shoes. I remember them. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about this one. The, the group is going to have to confer on whether or not that one stands. We will, have, we will have a little counsel on whether or not that one counts, and we'll decide by the end of the show. Um, so we, we don't even know what the score is as of this moment. Meanwhile on Planet Earth, I want you to hear from a very happy Harbaugh family. And when I say that, I mean it literally. Jack Harbaugh, what's your question? I have a question. A question, if I might. Who has us? No. All right, and so there's one quick thing about Jim Harbaugh that I think needs to be said that hasn't been said yet, and I didn't necessarily need to do it in this kind of format, but Hembo and I did an essay about them years ago, and I think the point needs to be made that Jim Harbaugh did not resurrect this program. It wasn't what anyone thought it was to begin with. You may have heard some numbers last night that shocked you if you were just a casual fan of college football. Michigan hadn't won an outright national title since the 1940s. Bo Schembechler, the legend whom they talk about like he was Bear Bryant, won a combined total of zero national championships. The two coaches who preceded him, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke, were a combined 23 and 32 in the conference. Jim Harbaugh did not take over a legendary program and lead it to prominence. He took over a struggling program that while it has enormous amounts of fans and prestige, has never really been what Alabama has been and some of the other schools that we sometimes put in that category, and he made them that. Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan man, has actually elevated what that program is, and if he does decide to leave, he can do so saying, mission accomplished. No one in more than half a century has done at Michigan what Jim Harbaugh just did. Let's go to the NFL, which he may candidly do. It's time to play a game of fact or fiction. Graziano, let's go to the playoffs. If I said the Eagles are going to be one and done in this postseason, is that fact or fiction? I think it may be a fact, Greeny. Look, they are playing very poorly going into the playoffs. Uh, we know that there were forces at work that we can't comprehend that made sure they did not win the NFCs for the second year in a row. But the fact of the matter is they're not playing well on either side of the ball. They're very injured on the offensive side of the ball coming out of that game against the Giants. We don't know exactly who's going to be available for them in terms of wide receiver, etc. I think it sets up badly for them next Monday night. Jeff, Gra- uh, Jeff Graziano. Jeff Saturday. We're not that close. If though. I said the Rams, if I said the Rams are the most dangerous team in the NFC, is that fact or fiction? That's fiction. Are we forgetting about the 49ers? Right. Like, mm-hmm. are for real. Like, let's not uh, be, be biased. I know Orlowski comes on the show a lot and beats the drum. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's be uh, the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFC and have been pretty much all season. They got to be the pick. And then finally. Dominique, if I said the Packers are going to upset their old coach, Mike McCarthy, and knock the Cowboys out on Sunday, is that fact or fiction? Yeah, I think that's fiction. The Packers are have had a very successful season. And as I mentioned earlier, the draft that they've had the last couple years, like they got a lot of really talented young players outside of the quarterback. They've built a really good team, and they're slightly probably ahead of schedule considering that they moved on from a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, so let's talk about them a minute here, okay? Let's dive into this game. 
because the Cowboys finally have everything set up for them. We, we've, we have discussed ad nauseum how they got the two seed in improbable fashion. So the road will go through Dallas until they have to go to San Francisco. To your point, the, the, the division winner can never repeat in the NFC oh. East. All of that stuff. <laughs> but we all know that also styles make fights. Yes. The Packers have been playing really well. Their quarterback has been red hot. They're finally getting healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Defense hasn't been as good as we thought it should be. As styles make fights, how does this game shape up? Not great for the Cowboys, which Ooh. you wouldn't believe, right? When you think about this team, Jordan Love, to me, is the second-best quarterback in the NFL, or, or is playing the second-hottest behind Dak Prescott right now. Yeah. So as you're Despite looking, the fact that, as I said earlier, he's actually playing the best, and you see the numbers okay. that we, – we, we, go ahead. Your, your numbers are skewed. But anyway, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to all this, right? Okay. But the, the Packers' offensive line, they are, they are dominant in play action. What hurts the Cowboys? Play action. What hurts the Cowboys? The run game. The, the defense for the Cowboys is going to have to be the difference maker this week against this team. So when you talk about styles, it's not just can they go score points. It's can they limit the Packers. And again, this is not a great match. This isn't the first matchup they would have wanted going into the playoffs for sure. Yeah, and I think the Packers are playing much better now than they were early in the season as an offense in particular. Sure. And Aaron Jones and that rushing attack could potentially be a problem. But... The Packers still got to play defense, That's and they have, they were better at it last week, but they haven't been good at defense no. all season or last season or the season before that. And you know who's really good? Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb. He's been, as oh, we yes. pointed out, he's probably playing the best. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, he'd be the MVP of the league right now. There's no reason to believe that he's not going to be able to do whatever he wants with him and Brandon Cooks. Green Bay better line up under center every snap. Spin all the all the clock they can. Oh, Do not God. give the Cowboys offense oh, right. any chance to go attack. Yeah. But no, no, this is just that. a game control thing yeah. because you let Dak Prescott see that defense. They could give up a bunch, and then they can't catch up. Jordan Love as good as as, as well as he's played. They won't be able to match score for score. Well, but so, so let's live in that a minute here. Let, let's actually give the fans something to look for. That's going to be one of the glamour game. Look, Cowboys Packers. I mean, oh. the history there is unbelievable. As we look forward to it on Sunday afternoon, giving them stuff to watch for. You're telling me that you think, despite the fact that Jordan Love has been airing it out, you think that they need to have a, a, a run-the-ball, ball-control it, offensive just, game it's, plan. It's not just run the ball. It's line up under center, right, which get, which makes the defense play a certain style that the Cowboys don't want to play in. Then hit play-action passes, which does equate to Aaron Jones having to have a good day. But at the end of the day, it's the they're 20, Dallas is 20th in the league in, in play-action. You line up in, in shotgun, they're the fourth-best defense. It shows you they pin their ears back and they played a completely different style. It's unfair. Jeff is right, but if you ask Jeff, he was late to. If you're late for work this morning, how do you solve that? You He's going to say run That's the ball. So the question, that, it's true, the answer to every it's question that you ask Jeff is going to be run the ball. But I do think that reducing the number of possessions is probably Thank a you. smart idea for the Packers going. And how do you do that? Because even though Jordan Love's been good. You give that that Cowboys defense a lot more opportunities to make game-changing plays, and they have so many players from Deron Bland all yeah. the way so down. So what to do Michael you do? Carson. So what do you do? Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. So just what I woke up with. Like, what's your what's your wordle starter word every morning? Run the ball. Like that's that's right. I mean, so so look, my concern with the Packers is the same as it's been all year. Young team, inconsistent team. You don't know what you're necessarily going to get one week to the next. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, right, but playoffs, right? Like the experience of having played in playoff games, can that not make a difference this time of year? I mean, is that the kind of thing? Would you be shocked if you, if you were sitting here on next Monday or Tuesday saying, well, the Packers look like a team that were playing in the playoffs for the first time? No. 
I would not be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, because of the age. You're right. I mean, so it's the I, youngest I, team in football, and they, they, they yeah, show up. I, I think they're it's nitpicking. I mean, I like what they're, well, I'm with you. they're, they're live. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. They could win the game. I'm just saying if they don't, that could be a reason why. Well, but sometimes can the reverse be true? Like, they, you want to talk about house money. No team yep. in this no, postseason yeah. is playing with house money more than the Packers are. Let Go ahead and do it. Aaron Rodgers is home watching, and Jordan Love is in a playoff game. That's a dream scenario. On Monday morning, I'll tell you which one is true. Okay. <laughs> Dominique will be here. Meanwhile, first take is coming up top of the hour. They're talking about the natty last night. What's next for Jim Harbaugh? Should Mike McCarthy's job be in jeopardy? Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Feinbaum, Jeff, and more. First take, top of the hour on ESPN. Huge lineup on ESPN coming your way. Plus ABC Deportes and plus Saturday Rangers and Caps. Sunday Spanish Super Cup Final. Monday night wild card football. Next week UFC 297. Can't ask for more. Look how happy Jeff is. Why has he got the tie on today? <laughs> oh, it's because a lot of coaches got fired yesterday. And oat milk latte. Yeah, so you, know. you could hire First him. Take now. Right, look, he looks so coachy. Look at that coach. <laughs>